And I find that so true. We desperately need each other. And I'm, I'm in vital need of this church. It's a vital part of my life. And I'm proud to say that each of you are my family. And I have a home at Lakeway. But open your Bible with me tonight to Romans chapter 8. And some of you may know that I have recently spent several weeks in Romans chapter 8 over at the villas. And I got a little discouraged just in myself thinking, well, I've already gone over this too much. And um, a wise man told me, Scripture is like that stuffing on Thanksgiving. It doesn't hurt to go back for seconds while it's still hot on your mind. And as I began to think about that statement, I thought, even if you go back for seconds, that doesn't mean you have to go and get the same thing. I love how we can never exhaust the Word of God. We can read the same verse 1,000 times and come up with something different from it each and every time. So tonight we'll be in Romans chapter 8, and we'll be starting in verse 31. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And I couldn't think of a better verse to have on our mind as we enter into a new year. We can lay aside every weight in the sin which doeth so easily beset us and leave those back in 2019. For many, a new year marks a new beginning. And no matter what this year has to throw at us, if God be for us, who can be against us? I'm going to repeat this verse many times tonight because I want us to walk away with it fresh in our minds. Now, to fully understand the text, we have to put it into context with the entire chapter as a whole. Verse 15 tells us that those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We have been grafted into the family of God. He calls us His children and he looks after us as such. Now, if verse 15 doesn't shout blessed assurance, I don't know what else does. Uh, adoptive parents say that it will be harder for them to even get rid of their adoptive child rather than their biological. The adoption papers have been signed for those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. We're just waiting to get home. Now, in verse 28, it tells us that all things work together for good to them that love God and who are called the called according to his purpose. Notice how it says all things. That means the good, that means the bad, and that means the ugly. All might not be well in our sight, but are we more wise than almighty God? God even uses the worst situations imaginable to the human mind for our greater good and for his glory. Someone might ask, well, how could you dare say that, Brother Corey? You don't know what I go through on a daily basis. Well, they might be right. I don't know what they go through. But that just because a situation is uncomfortable does not mean it's not profitable. Now, I like to picture this verse from sort of a medical standpoint of view. An ingredient in a medicine by itself could be harmful to us or potentially poisonous. But when mixed with all things or that is other ingredients, when brought in all together with all these different situations, those ingredients work together for a greater good. And Paul was a good example of this. 
Though he had a thorn in the flesh, it was so that he would not be exalted above measure. Paul's thorn, whatever it may have been, was to keep him far from being puffed up and becoming prideful. That painful affliction that Paul was dealt was for his good and the good of others. Sometimes we don't see any good coming from our trials, but God does, and that's all that counts. Now, if you look at verse 29, that verse is a battlefield, because that's typically where the Calvinists wrongfully divide the Word of God, and the doctrinally correct rightfully divide the Word. And I don't want to stay on the topic of Calvinism too long because it honestly angers me. But Calvinists believe that God picks and chooses certain people to go to heaven and certain people to go to hell. Who do you think you are to think that God chose you over anyone else? Some people are kind of prideful and we can live with it, but it's a disgustingly wicked kind of pride that comes with Calvinism. What verse 29 is really talking about is the fact that God predestined a plan of salvation and restoration before the beginning of time. Revelation calls Jesus the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Those that choose Christ out of their own free will will be predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ, and conformity is what prepares us for glory. We are still gathering our context for verse 31, and... We have to look at verse 31 in light of the church's situation that is at Rome. Christians were under great persecution by the emperor. The Romans would line the streets and pathways to burn Christians at the stake simply to light the streets at night. The emperor would put burn Christians at the stake so he could walk around his garden at night and see all the flowers. It was a very trying time for the church at Rome. And by the way, thank God for the martyrs that have gone before us. Because if it hadn't been for them, we might not even be able to gather here tonight and have this word. But through all the perils and tribulations that the Christian may come across in this life, God gives us encouragement through His word. And I believe the entirety of chapter 8 in Romans was meant to encourage the saints at Rome through their trials and is still very applicable to this day. The suffering of the saints. Verse 36 says that we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. We are all appointed to suffering once we accept Jesus Christ. That's just the truth. We are all appointed to suffer. I will show him what he must suffer for my name's sake. We all suffer in different ways though. Some physical, some internal. Just because it doesn't look like someone's suffering doesn't mean they aren't. We don't know what goes on in people's minds. We don't know how they struggle with emotional scars. But we are all appointed to suffering. And though some of us have faced a tempest in 2019, and some of us might face one in this upcoming year, though 2020 might have hurdles that seem too big to climb, or situations that seem to swallow us up, we need to keep this great question in mind. If God be for us, who can be against us? And I firmly believe that Paul had deeply meditated on the jewels mentioned in this chapter. I believe he meditated on his conversion where he met Christ on that road to Damascus. I believe he meditated on his adoption or being grafted into the family of God. 
I believe he meditated on the promise that God works all things together for good. And I believe he meditated on the promise that God would conform him to the image of his dear son. And that, that conformity, like I said just a second ago, it prepares us for our final restoration in heaven. It prepares us for our glorification with Christ. And while meditating upon these things, I believe Paul was moved by the Holy Spirit to write what we are sharing tonight. It is as if Paul became completely ecstatic about these truths. Even though Paul had a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. Now, I believe those are two separate things. A thorn in the flesh was a physical affliction. I believe that the messenger of Satan was an internal uh, a mind battle bombardment of Paul. I believe he simply thought... His mind was bombarded with the thoughts of the Christians that he had killed in the past. I believe Stephen, he saw Stephen's face 24-7. I believe his mind was bombarded by Satan. But even though he had a thorn in the flesh, even though he had a messenger of Satan to buffet him, even though he had perils by his own countrymen, even though he had perils at sea, even though he went through hungerings and nakedness, even though Paul received 40 lashings, save one, not once, not twice, but three times, even though he was stoned in Lystra, despite all these things, the promises of God prevailed in Paul's life. God promises that we are His children, and He cares for us as a child. God promises that the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ intercede on our behalf. God promises that all things work together for good of those that love God. God promises to work in us to make us more like our Savior. And God promises us a home in heaven. But many times the way to be conformed to Christ is down the road of suffering. We may all suffer in our own way, but despite our trials and our tribulations, we have the precious promises of God that we can cling to. Though we may suffer for His name's sake, if God be for us, who can be against us? God's promises far surpass anything this year might bring about in our lives, anything this year might throw at us. His promises far outweigh any fix for our problems that this world has to offer. And when one meditates and fixes their mind upon the promises of God, we can find joy. And when one meditates and fixes their mind upon God, they can find encouragement. And when we meditate and fix our mind upon the promises of God, we can find peace no matter what may come our way. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. When thinking about all that God has done and all that He has promised to the believer, we can have peace and from peace we can find joy. And from joy we can have strength. Does anyone know what Nehemiah 8.10 says? The joy of the Lord is your strength. We receive joy by meditating on the promises of God. If God be for us, who can be against us? What shall we say to these things? Who can be against us? What shall we say to all of this? What shall we say to all that God has promised to the Christian? It almost leaves us speechless when we truly think and try to list out all that God has promised to us. The promises that the martyrs cling to when facing the sword are the same promises that we have today and tomorrow. They are never changing. 
We are begotten again unto a lively hope. The Christian is not to lay down in their trials, but to be encouraged by the living Word of God. And I said living because I believe that this is a living book. I believe it has a pulse. It is life-changing. It is a very living Word of God, and it will live on throughout eternity. But we have plenty of examples in the Bible of times that God was for His people. God was for Noah, even though the people of that day thought evil continually. Imagine Noah and his family living in that time in society. I imagine that they were mocked and ridiculed by following the, by following the command of God to build an ark. But we all know how that ended up. God was for Elijah and Israel when Syrians surrounded them in 2 Kings chapter 6. They were thought to be outnumbered, but in the unseen world, God outnumbered the Syrians with horses and chariots of fire. God was with Samson when he was outnumbered 1,000 to 1. And by the power of God, he slew 1,000 men with the jaw of an ass. God was with Daniel. God was for Daniel in the lion's den. God was for a little shepherd boy named David when facing Goliath with just a sling and a stone. And God was for Paul when he was stoned and thought to be dead. And God was for Peter when he sent an angel to get him out of, he- out of prison. God is for us. And when God has your back, no man, no thing, and no situation can ever overtake us. God is on our side, and we often forget that we are on the winning team. Because God never loses. God is for us in so much that He gave us His very best. He dared not to even spare His only begotten Son for us. Look at verse 32 with me. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Well, I just just noticed something I had to mention about Calvinism. I noticed it said, for us all, right there in verse 32. Not a selected group. And now I hope I don't butcher this story, but I read it as a very young Christian. And there was an epidemic disease over in the Middle East, and people were dying left and right. It was spreading extremely quickly, and by about a week and a half later, it had spread all the way to Europe and Asia, and people were dying within a week of getting infected. Well, there was mass chaos and mass confusion. No one could figure out what it was. But it spread to America, and everyone was commanded to go to their local hospital and get checked to make sure they didn't have it. Well, it, it turns out 95% of people did, if not more. And, um, well, this, this boy and his parents went up to the hospital, and they were waiting for the results of their blood. And the nurses came up to the parents and said, Your boy has clean blood. Would you... Um, could we have it? Could we have some blood? And they said, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 that's awesome. And they said, well, tell them your goodbyes. They, they looked at the nurses funny. Goodbyes? What do you mean? And they said, well, we weren't expecting it to be a child. We need all of his blood. So God, in his unsearchable love, gave us Jesus, his only begotten son. Jesus was referred to as the only begotten Son, not in a sense that He was created, He always will be and always has been, but in a sense that He was the only incarnation of God to the flesh. 
and God's unfathomable love, he humbled himself to be fashioned in the flesh. He was born of a virgin that he would have no sin found in him, and he fulfilled the righteous laws of God. He lived a life that we could not and was delivered up to the cross as the ultimate sacrifice that appeased the wrath of God towards sinners such as you and I. And then on the third day, Amen. Thank God for that third day. On the third day, He arose from the grave, defeating death and hell. And there's nothing more glorious that a Christian can cling to in trying times than the glorious gospel. And there's nothing more glorious that a lost soul can cling to than the glorious gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. If God be for us, who can be against us? He delivered up His own Son to suffer what we ought to suffer. Who was rebellious man that God would do such a loving act for? God and His unspeakable love are on our side. Just take that in for a second. God and His love are on our side. Who can be against us? What can be against us? Look with me at the end of verse 32. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things. Notice that it says, with Him. Everything that we can possibly receive from the Father comes by means of Jesus' finished work on the cross. If God was willing to spare not His only Son, what spiritual riches would He ever withhold from us? The riches that the Christian receive are far greater than any riches that we could gain from this world. Through Christ, we receive God's love and mercy. Psalms 103 tells us that we are crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. We are crowned with those gifts of grace, and the Christian is to wear that crown of loving kindness and tender mercies as a sacred jewel upon our mind. Through Christ, we are redeemed. Again, in Psalms 103, it tells us that He has redeemed us from destruction. We all deserve the wrath of God due to sin, yet God spared not His own Son, that we would be redeemed. Through Christ we receive God's faithfulness. Even when we aren't faithful to God, even when we fall into sin, even when our mind strays, He's always faithful. We have the promise at the end of Matthew that He is with us always, even unto the end of the world. Through Christ we receive His righteousness. We are unrighteous by nature, but when the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to one's life, we are given a robe of righteousness that we should stand before God with no charges laid against us. Through Christ, we receive God's forgiveness of sins. There are some nights that I honestly bawl like a baby thinking of all the people I hurt in my past and all the wrong I've done to the people around me, just everything, and I, I, I can't help it but to cry and think about all of what I've done in my past. But I have the promise of 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our transgression has been moved as far as the east is from the, from the west. There is no measure in cardinal directions. There is no beginning and no end. Micah chapter 7 tells us that God delights in mercy, therefore He casts our iniquities into the depths of the sea. Our, our sin is cast out in Jesus Christ. We can stand before God righteous because of Jesus Christ. And through Christ, we receive newness of life. Our heart of stone that was hardened towards God now becomes a soft and heart of flesh. We are given newness of mind that we may put on the mind of Christ and be pleased with what pleases God. 
And I sure am glad that God cleans up our mind because many won't admit it, but our mind is filled with more vile and wicked sins than anyone will ever see on our outside. Thank God that He empties house and fills it with pure and better things. Through Christ we receive life everlasting. Just to sit and think about the fact that heaven is a very real place. It's amazing to dwell on John chapter 14 verse 3. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The things that the Father gives us through Jesus doesn't stop there either. Through Christ, we are, we are joint heirs, and being heirs, we are given all that the Father has to offer us. How shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? We are granted all things by way of being an heir. Through Christ, we are moved from standing before God's judgment seat to sitting with Him in it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 3 says, Know ye not that ye shall judge angels? It is not we, but Christ that received the judgment throne, yet we are partakers by way of heirship. And through Christ, we experience the unraveling love of God's infinite love toward us throughout the ages and eternity. I love singing Amazing Grace, and I love the fact when it says, when we've been there 10,000 years, I can change that number to 10 million, and it wouldn't make a difference. We are given all things with Him, and what we've talked about tonight doesn't even scratch the surface of all that the Christian receives from God's gracious hand. We even receive mercies unknown to us every single day. We are given all things. We are to meditate on all that we receive through Jesus Christ, that we would be encouraged on our mountaintops and in our dark valleys that we may face this upcoming year. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now look with me in verses 33 and 34. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Thank God for this. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. You notice that throughout all this it says for us, for us, for us, for all. God is for us. But no one is able to bring charges against the Christian that God is not aware of. We must remember that this was written to a highly persecuted church in Rome, and they face death daily, but it applies to every Christian to this day. If we are already justified in the sight of God, what can man lay against us? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, yet we often condemn ourselves when we feel like we failed. That's a spit in God's face. There is therefore now no condemnation. And if there is now no condemnation, you, I, or anyone else can ever change that. It is not we, but Christ that was condemned. There is freedom in the thought that He bore my sin and my shame and my condemnation upon His shoulders. And there is no charge and there is no condemnation that anyone or anything can bring about that will ever change our standing with God. We are secure in Christ. I believe you can never lose your salvation Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. He said, never knew you. Now, I'm not justifying living a life of sin, 
But if you were to accept him one day and go off astray for the rest of your life, he can never tell you, I never knew you. He knew you at some point. You cannot lose your salvation. We are secure in Christ. If God be for us, who can be against us? It is Christ that died. It is He that was condemned. And it was He that had our charges brought against Him. Notice in verse 34 it says, Yea, rather. I don't serve a Jesus that died on the cross. We serve a risen Jesus. Amen? Our God knows not death. We don't serve a dead Christ, but yea, rather, that is risen again. Without the resurrection, we would have no hope. What would be the point in serving a God that was defeated by death? Thank God that Paul could say the words, yea, rather, because Jesus rose from the dead to our justification. Look in verse 33, it says, it is God that justifies. Jesus had false charges brought against him, but his false charges were our rightful charges. And through his life, and through his death, and through his resurrection, he became our intercessor. He is our advocate. He is our friend. Meaning that he is at the right hand of God, intervening on our behalf. So when God sees sinful man, he sees them through his beloved son. He is our mediator. If God be for us, who can be against us? Now I want to say tonight that God can only be for you if you have come to Him by faith and placed your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Otherwise, the wrath of God abides on you. You see the difference that Jesus makes? Wrath versus righteousness. Fearfulness versus security. Hell versus heaven. Darkness versus light. Jesus makes all the difference. And for the one that might be here tonight, I don't know where everyone stands with God, but for the one that might be here tonight that does not know the saving power that is in Jesus Christ, He is giving you an opportunity. We don't know when our end is. God does. It could be tonight in your sleep or it could be when you pull out of this parking lot. But don't cross that line with God. Don't cross His mercy line. He's given you an opportunity right here, right now. You don't have to come forward. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to pray a prayer after no preacher. You don't have to do anything. Just simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Place your faith in Him that He will save you from the punishment of your sin. You will no longer have to go to hell once you place your faith in Him. It doesn't matter where, where you've been or what you've done because Jesus and will, no, will in no wise cast you out and i thank y'all for coming tonight and i thank y'all for being spiritual enough to listen to me and let me grow here at this church and as a young preacher it means the world to me um many churches are not blessed as we are and we have every reason to be thankful um, let us go to the lord in a word of prayer real quick father in heaven we come to you thanking you for your word which is is it's a light unto our pathway lord we can always look unto it God, we are nothing without you, and we can do nothing without you, dear God. You are our all in all. Let us go into this year, dear Lord, not by strength, not by might, but by your spirit, dear Lord. And Help us to win souls to Christ, dear God. Help us to lead people to the cross and see the end of themselves and see their need. Father, we pray that you would be with all those on the prayer list as you, you are in the midst of us, dear God, and you heard our requests that were made. And, you know all that we need, dear God. I pray you be with all the physicians that are working on our church members, dear God. And I pray you be with 
those that are out and those that are even here that are discomforted, Lord, I pray, dear God, we, we can petition to you in heaven through your precious Son. And we petition, dear God, that you would, you would grant them health, dear God, that they might be, have a testimony for you and you be glorified. Almighty God, we just thank you for your precious gift and unspeakable gift and help us to go about this year, dear Lord, and be, to be better Christians, to be 